Recently, in just the past few years, there's been increased literature stating that there may be a potential link between endometriosis and certain types of ovarian cancer. Because of the frequency of endometriosis in the general population, this has obviously caused a lot of concern and fear in a lot of women. But is this link between endometriosis and ovarian cancer a real concern? Well, in this podcast, we're going to review this data and put things in perspective. This is Clinical Pearls. Endometriosis affects at least 1 in 10 women and, of course, can cause painful periods, painful intercourse, and in some cases, infertility. Before we get into this controversial link of endometriosis and ovarian cancer, it's important to review the different types of tissue involved in ovarian malignancy. Ovarian epithelial tumors are thought to arise from the simple cuboidal surface epithelium of the ovary and account for 75% of all ovarian tumors and 90 to 95% of ovarian malignancies. Remember, we're talking about ovarian epithelial tumors. These ovarian epithelial tumors are classified according to several histological subtypes, serous, mucinous, endometrioid, clear cell, Brenner, transitional cell, small cell, mixed mesodermal, and undifferentiated. Each of these can be typed as either benign, borderline, also called low malignant potential, or malignant. Now, the two specific types of ovarian cancer where this endometriosis link seems to be found is with the endometrioid and clear cell variety. Remember, these are histological types of ovarian epithelial tumors. Epithelial ovarian cancer is the sixth most common cancer in women and is the second most common female genital tract malignancy after endometrial cancer. They are usually found in postmenopausal women and are the most common cause of death among women with gynecological malignancies in the U.S., accounting for about 15,000 deaths every year. The lifetime risk of any woman developing ovarian cancer is about 1 in 70 or 1 in 75 per lifetime. The incidence of ovarian epithelial tumors varies globally with highest rates being observed in Scandinavia, Israel, and North America, whereas the lowest rates are found in developing countries and Japan. A racial predisposition to ovarian epithelial tumors is also apparent with lower risks for black women. Clear cell adenocarcinoma is more prevalent in Japanese than in Western countries. Now, before we get into this possible endometriosis ovarian cancer link, remember that ovarian malignancies are of three main categories or types. It just happens that the most common is surface epithelial. Then come the germ cell variety and lastly are the stromal cell tumors. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In December 2017, published in The Lancet, there's a nice commentary on informing women with endometriosis about ovarian cancer risk. The authors state that in the general population, it is estimated that one woman in 76 will develop ovarian cancer in their lifetime for about a percentage of 1.31 of the general population. Considering the relative risk calculated from published meta-analysis on the subject between endometriosis and ovarian cancer, which again can have a relative risk of about 1 to 1.4, the lifetime risk of ovarian cancer among women with endometriosis is about 1.8%. That's fewer than 2 women in 100 This small increase in absolute risk should therefore reassure women with endometriosis that their lifetime ovarian cancer risk is quite low and in absolute risk scales is only negligibly different from women without endometriosis. Bilateral sapingo-oophrectomy carries the risks of potential surgical complications and early onset menopause in women who are premenopausal, which has been associated with up to 162% increased incidence of cardiovascular disease, which of course is the leading cause of death among women who are menopausal. Moreover, screening for ovarian cancer with its low specificity can lead to unnecessary invasive surgical procedures. Based on the current evidence, it is proposed that clinicians should actually reassure women with endometriosis that their ovarian cancer risk is overall still low and that intervention measures like bilateral sapingo-oophorectomy solely to prevent ovarian cancer are just not justified outside of any other high-risk family history. Similarly, according to MD Anderson's Gynecological Oncology website, having endometriosis doesn't necessarily increase your cancer risk. There's no research that actually links the two together as causation. In fact, endometriosis does not carry any increased risk for most other types of gynecological cancer either, and this includes endometrial cancer despite the linked names. Also, there's no genetic trait associated with endometriosis that could lead to cancer. Now, while it's true that some types of ovarian cancer, and here's a clinical pearl, specifically clear cell ovarian cancer and endometrioid ovarian cancer, while they tend to be more common in women with endometriosis, the overall rate is still lower than 1%.
Well, so there you have it. While there's been some alarming publications linking endometriosis to clear cell and endometrioid ovarian cancer, and yes, while that relative risk may be a little higher, the absolute risk, the real-world risk, is actually very small. So as stated by MD Anderson, quote, women with endometriosis don't need to worry about the increased cancer risk. Instead, they should simply focus on treating their endometriosis and alleviating their symptoms for better quality of life, end quote. Thanks for being part of Clinical Pearls, and we'll see you next time on another episode.